pick up chairs today, so you can leave everything as is. Um, we've been talking about encouragement, and we started out talking about God as our encourager. We know that it, it's God's, that's God's character. He just is an encourager. And you know, a lot of times I think, sometimes when we think about encouragement, we think along the lines of encouragement being um, God encourages me to do things I want to do. Well, you know, encouragement sometimes can be encouragement to do the right thing. And encouragement to do the right thing doesn't always feel like encouragement. Okay? You know, you can encourage your kids to do the right thing. But your kids don't always look at you and go, oh, thanks, I'm glad you showed me that. But, you know, that's a form of encouragement, too. So when we talk about God being our encourager, you know, he always encourages us. He encourages us to follow him, to serve him, to be obedient to him. You know, there's a lot of things that when it comes to encouragement that God encourages us to do. And we talked about others that, you know, we look to others for encouragement. We encourage one another. We gather together to encourage one another. And um, that's, you know, why we fellowship a lot of times because we need, we need the encouragement. We need the encouragement. But the big question is, for me sometimes, is, but what about when nobody's around? What about when nobody's around? Or what about when nobody notices that I need encouragement? Did, did you ever have that situation? You might come to church and think, boy, I just want to be encouraged today, and everybody else is happy, and nobody thought to encourage you. And then you, maybe you left and said, well, boy, nobody encouraged me. Or maybe it's just a situation where you're, you're alone. You're in a situation where there just is nobody. You know, I, I've thought different times about, you know, Paul and Silas, they had each other, you know, so that there is that form of being together. But, you know, when they were in jail, they could have been there alone. You know, when they were alone in jail, who would they be there to encourage you? So I think we need to look at how do we encourage ourselves. I believe sometimes people... There's a danger. I, I see it as a danger that sometimes people come to church and like in church because they like the fellowship. And nothing wrong with fellowship. And nothing wrong with encouragement. But it's almost like that's the part that they really draw to so much that that's why they come. Just for other people. Just for that aspect of being encouraged and being around other people. The problem with that is it doesn't encourage your faith and it doesn't encourage your relationship with the Lord. And you can tend to become dependent on other people and think that other people are always supposed to meet my needs. So today when I talk about encouraging ourselves, I believe one of the things is that it helps us to develop a stronger personal relationship with Jesus. You know, when nobody else is there. When there just is nobody else encouraging me. Well, we're still not alone. We're still not alone. And so as Christians, I believe it's important for us to, to be able to develop that part of our relationship with the Lord. You know, I just always, I don't always have to look to somebody else to be my encouragement. You know, it doesn't always have to be a person. I realize that we're to encourage one another, and I'm not saying we don't. But I'm just saying that we have to learn to be able to encourage ourselves because times come when maybe there's just nobody there. Or maybe nobody notices or... Whatever, things can happen. I'll look at a story in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel, the 30th chapter, beginning at the third verse. David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, 
Their wives, their sons, and their daughters have been taken captive. You know, okay, there's a, they come back. What do they find? Their city, their homes, it's all burned and destroyed. And they took their wives and their sons and their daughters to be captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. You know, we don't always get in those situations. We try to avoid those situations. But weeping and lifting up your voices until you have no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess and Abigail the widow of Nabal the Carmelite had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his sons and daughters, but David strengthened himself in his God. In the midst of this, in the midst of losing everything, in the midst of being distressed, you talk about needing encouragement. I mean, this is, and the people around David, were they going to encourage him? No, they were thinking about stoning him. So he wasn't going to get any encouragement from them. But in the midst of this, it says, David strengthened himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. There was nobody else. There was nobody else. He had to look within himself. He had to look within himself for what he, what he needed and try to find that strength and that encouragement that he needed at that time. That's not easy. That's not easy. When we're in situations, and I don't think many of us have been in situations this, this dire of a situation, but when, when we're in situations that are hard and tough, it's not always easy to encourage yourself because I feel down. I'm discouraged. But at the same time, if there's nobody around, I think we need to learn and know how we do that. He goes on to say, Then David said to Abathar, the priest, Abimelech's son, Please bring the ephod here to me. And David and Abathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue his troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover everything. Everything. So David, what did he do? He needed encouragement. It says he sought the Lord. He sought the Lord. He looked to the Lord for his encouragement. He looked to the Lord, and the Lord did what? The Lord gave him a word. He says, go after him. You're going to get it all back. Now, that was God then encouraging him. But I believe at those points, we have to be able to encourage ourselves. We have to be able to find that within us, you know, and, and not be able to cave to the pressures that are going on or the emotions that are going on at the time. In Proverbs, excuse me, Psalms 34, 1 to 4, David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Now that's, that's a couple things there. I will bless the Lord at all times. He didn't say I will bless the Lord when everything's going good. He didn't say I'll bless the Lord when I go to church. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Together, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. All my fears. Oh, magnify the Lord. Oh, when I'm, when I'm discouraged, when it's hard, when things are tough. It's so easy to magnify the problem. It is so easy 
It's just natural. Oh, it's bad. It's going to get worse. And some of us can get there quicker than others. You know, some of us, that's our first step. You know, when things get bad, we go to the extreme bad. You know, everything's going to fall apart. You know, you know, as a pastor, that was one of the things, I honest, honestly, that I always had to deal with. If I get to church on a Sunday and, and there's enough people missing that I, you know, it's noticeable, I'm, I'm assuming everybody's leaving. They're never coming back. Sometimes it's not quite that bad, but it's almost that bad. You know, and, you know, it's like, why do I do that? Why do I jump to that? Con- you know, I can go to that awful conclusion. But, you know, we do that with a lot of things. When we face something, face something difficult, we jump to the furthest extreme and we magnify the problem. But David says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. That's how, you know, if you want to encourage yourself, you need to magnify the Lord. Magnify the Lord. So I want to look at some things we can do to encourage ourselves. What are some things we can do? Well, first, be quiet. Be quiet. Wait on the Lord. And when I say be quiet, sometimes just quiet your mind. Do you know it's the hardest thing to quiet? You can not talk. That's not too hard. But to quiet your mind. Get your mind to settle down. To be quiet in difficult situations. In difficult situations, I need to just be quiet and wait on the Lord. And that is so hard because I want, I want answers sometimes. I want I want relief. I want something to happen. And I want it now. I want it now. And I want it to change. And we have to learn to be quiet, to get our emotions to quiet down. When you get in difficult situations, I want to tell you, your emotions are the loudest thing speaking at first. Fear. Could be anger. Could be rejection could be all kinds of things that can happen. And they're just shouting at you, telling you how bad it is and how it's not going to get better and how it's just going down from here. And your emotions get all stirred up. And in the midst of that, we need to quiet ourselves. We need to quiet down. In Psalm 37, verse 7, David said, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Don't fret because of him who prospers in his ways, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger, forsake wrath, and don't fret. It only causes harm. Don't fret, don't worry, don't fear. It only causes harm, and guess who it causes harm to? To you. To you. When you fear and worry and fret and get angry, you know, you may cause others to be not so happy sometimes. You can, like, if I'm, you know, some people have the theory that, you know, if I'm going to suffer, everybody's going to suffer, you know, especially in families. You know, if one member's unhappy, everybody's going to be unhappy. But, you know, you basically hurt yourself. You basically hurt yourself. Because you're just going to go down, and you're going to let your emotions get stronger and stronger and stronger. But instead, we need to be quiet. We need to wait on the Lord. We need to trust him. Trust him. Quiet ourselves. It takes discipline. I don't think, I don't think those things just come naturally. I think it takes effort. It takes effort. You get, and sometimes, you know, there's a scripture, 
And I think I'm using it wrong, but I like the scripture and I like the way I'm going to apply it. <laughs> There's a scripture that says, the kingdom of God is taken by violence and violent men take it by force. My interpretation is that the kingdom of God within me is taken by violence. And I got to get real serious about it. And sometimes I got to take it by force. Because there's things that are coming against me. And a lot of times it's those emotions and those things. You know, I got to get violent with that stuff. I can't go, oh, well, yeah. You know, I got to say, look, I'm not going to let fear and anger and rejection of those things dominate my life. You got to get violent. You got to take it by force. This is not what God wants. And I, you got to resist those things and fight against them. And you got to take what God has for you. And so I believe sometimes we need to be willing to do that. And then we see that it takes time. I waited patiently for the Lord. That may be one of the hardest things. Oh, how much longer do we have to wait? How much longer do we have to wait? Sometimes it's a lot, well, most of the time it's a lot longer than you want to wait. One of the reasons that is is because I believe in those times God works on us. That's when he works on us. If he gave you all the answers to all your problems immediately, you would never grow because it would just always be easy. I got a problem, God fixes it, boom, let's go on. But in those times when God makes us take time, and sometimes I have to look at myself. The Bible says in the process of time, things happen. There's a couple places. I, lo I love that scripture. I don't know, that, well, I love it to an extent. But you know, that, that process of time means that when God makes us wait, there's a process that takes place. And guess who the process is on? It's on me and my flesh. It's on what I want and how I want it. And God's teaching me to trust him. And he's teaching me to deal with some things maybe in my life that without this situation, I wouldn't deal with it. You know, so a lot of times I think we need to also look at things that come against us and say, well, you know, what's God going to teach me? What can I learn? I don't know if you learn a lesson quicker, if it takes, if that, you know, shortens the time. I'm not sure about that. It can't hurt anything. Can't hurt anything to, to try and see what's God teaching me. You know, instead of just getting me out of this difficult situation, what's he trying to teach me? Number two. We've got to ask him for help. You know, that's pretty simple. But you know, how many times have you been in a situation, and maybe you've struggled with something, and you're struggling with it, and you're going through it and going through it, and finally you say to somebody or you think to yourself, you know, I ought to pray about that. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow. How, could I, how, did I, how did I miss that? How, do I, how did I get so caught up in this that, oh, maybe I should pray about that? You know, and I think sometimes we just, very simple. You know, if I want to encourage, I need to ask God. Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who not, seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Ask. You got to ask. You, you just, you know, you got to ask. Lord, I need encouraged. Lord, help me with this. Lord, I'm struggling. You know, be honest. Lord, I'm struggling. 
I know I shouldn't struggle with this, but Lord, I'm having a hard time. Help me. Help me. Ask. If we don't ask, then we don't receive. So simply, we got to ask. That has to start becoming a first response, not an afterthought. You know, instead of like, you know, and I, God knows and it's okay an afterthought, but you know, God wants to be our first response. Oh, Lord. You know, not like, oh, yeah, I should pray about this. But Lord, help me, help me. Some of these are pretty obvious, but you know, how easily we forget sometimes. Did you ever get so busy, caught up in activity and life and everything, you, you forgot the simple Simple, basic things that you ought to know and you do know. It's not sometimes it's a matter of knowing it. It's a matter of doing it. We can know, but we got to do it. We got to ask. We ask for help. When I'm, when I'm discouraged, when, I'm, when I need encouraged, one of the most obvious, but, you know, we got to go to God's word. You know, it, it go to his word. If you don't know where to go, sometimes that's why it's good to have his word hidden in our heart. You know, sometimes maybe his word's not available in a written form. Sometimes we got to have it so, oh, yeah, I remember. I remember. You know, oh, yeah, I remember that verse. In uh, Psalms, Psalms 119, Psalms 119, 105 to 107 it says your word is a lamp unto my feet and a life light to my path i have sworn and confirmed that i will keep your righteous judgments i am afflicted very much revive me O lord according to your word i am afflicted very much i'm having a hard time that's what david said. i'm having a hard time he says, revive me, encourage me, O Lord, according to your word. According to your word. Because God's word is true. God's word is true. If you want to encourage, then you better go to the truth. One of the things you better be careful of is where you go. You know, if you want encouraged, and I've said this before, and I'm, you know, but, but folks, it depends on maybe your personality or, or how you're wired. But, you know, if you want to encourage, go to God's Word. Don't go to the newspaper. Don't go to the TV. Don't go to Facebook. I'm not saying it's impossible to get encouraged on those things, but I'm just telling you there's a lot of junk out there. And there's a lot of negativity. Just see how much negativity is around us. A lot. A lot. A lot. So if you want encouraged, go to God's Word. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. You know, encourage me. Help me. And like I say, you know, these things are, are kind of obvious, but, you know, so many times we find ourselves looking in the wrong places, doing the wrong things. You know, could also be music. Could also be music. Music can encourage you. Yeah, it depends what kind of music you listen to, maybe. You know? Kids listen to a lot of junk nowadays. And most of the music our kids are listening to is not encouraging. It's talking about despair, problems, suicide, death, a lot of junk out there in the music. Just a lot of it. 
You know, it's all pretty negative. So be careful. Be careful. But, you know, music can encourage you. You know, godly music can encourage you. You know, again, you know, Paul and Silas, they were in jail. What'd they do? They were singing hymns. You know, they were singing things that, that encouraged them. So we need to be careful. Number four, count your blessings. Sometimes when you need encouragement, you need to just step back, quiet down, and say, wait a minute, look at all the good things God has done. Now, you know, this may be not so good, but wow, look at all the good things. Look at everything that God has done. In Psalm 103, verse 1 and 2, David says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Forget, Don't forget all the good things that God has done and all the good things he wants to do. Count your blessings. Now, I, I understand I'm getting old, you know. And I understand my perspective is different. But, you know, there was a time when they sang songs like Count Your Blessings, Name Them One by One. Nowadays, I just, <laughs> nowadays you don't hear stuff like that in the music realm. Think about it. You just, you just don't hear it. You know, it's just, I think, I think the music is a reflection on where our society is. I think that's just what it amounts to. But we need, to, we need to, as Christians, we need to recall God's favor. We really need to recall what God has done. And we need to look at the blessings. You know, if, if you look at the problem only, is that going to encourage you? Let me get it down to another form. Husband and wife. Okay? Here's my thing. When you get married, you marry your spouse for all the good things about them. You marry them for all the, oh, they're so wonderful. They do this for me. They do that for me. They're kind. They're everything. When you get married and when you find a time when you're not happy, it's because you forgot all of those things and now you focused on their faults. We all got them. And if you focus on the faults, guess what? It's not going to encourage you in the relationship. It's not going to encourage you. Because we all have them. And so a lot of times when couples, when I do premarital, I said, okay, you know, you guys, you love each other, of course, and you love, I said, why do you love each other? Tell me your list of why you love each other. Give me, you know, I make them be specific. Well, I love the way they look at me. I go, okay, tell me what you don't like about them. Now this becomes a little more difficult because they're just getting married. And they really don't want to admit it or talk about it sometimes. But usually, if I talk a little bit, they'll, they'll kind of, well, you know, they, I say, look, here's the point. We got faults, we got good, we got bad. If you focus on the bad, you're not going to be encouraged. And it's not only just in relationships, it's in life. If you focus on the bad things, if you focus on the bad and everything that's going wrong, you're not going to be encouraged. You got to see the blessings. And some people probably would say, if I say that to them, they would go, well, there aren't any. Well, my point is look a little harder. <laughs> look a little harder. Because ultimately, ultimately, if I know the Lord, 
if I know the Lord, then it ultimately the blessing is that he saved me. I mean, if you've got to get it down to that, if everything else is completely, if you're like David, they just burned your house, they burned all your property, and they stole all your kids and your wife, if it's that bad, well, you can still trust the Lord and look for what he's done for you. Most of us aren't to that point. Most of our situations that we need encouraged about aren't that bad. They just seem big because we've magnified them to a point where they're huge. And so count your blessings. Count your blessings. See what God has done. Think about it. Sometimes it's good to write it down. Write them down. You know, make yourself, make yourself sit down and make a list of your blessings. May take a little bit because, well, I can't see them. I'm having a hard time. Maybe get somebody else to sit down with you. You know, I say, well, I don't want to tell anybody else I'm discouraged. Well, you know, sometimes you just got to get help. Sometimes you just got to humble yourself. But sit down, write down your blessings. How good God has been. All that he's done for you, write them down. And the last one is, just rest in the Lord. Oh, you know, when things aren't good and you're discouraged, sometimes for some of us, we just get all stirred up. All stirred up. You know, some people can just stir up a problem so big, you know, and they just seem like put effort into it. I, I just had a picture, and forgive me, but, you know, they always, they always talk about um, birds, and I don't know if you've ever been around chickens. But did you ever see a chicken try to, f- when they fly sometimes, you know, uh, you know, Eagles and birds, some of them, they just soar and fly. Chickens, when they fly, they just stir up dust and dirt and make a fuss and flap because they can't fly good. They just don't fly real good. But they just stir up all kinds of stuff around them. That's what I'm, when I'm thinking about this. I see that. Sometimes some of us, in the midst of problems, we just sit there and just stir up the dust. Just stir everything up. Just make everything kind of all stirred up around us. And I believe we just need to learn to rest. To rest in the Lord. To trust Him. You know, for some of us it takes, it takes effort. It's harder for some than others. But I believe all of us need to get there. And when you think about rest, you know, sometimes it's just finding a place in my mind to rest. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with thinking about a good place thinking about a good memory, thinking about something that, you know, was a good thing in life. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying meditation overcomes your problems. I'm just saying keep your mind on good things. Set your mind on good things. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, and if you think that's easy, get yourself in a hard spot sometime and then try to set your mind on good things and see how difficult that is. You know, I've tried to do it sometimes and I can do it for about 10 seconds and then all of a sudden my mind goes right back to the problem. It's like, oh, and then I get mad at myself. I'm right back there again. Okay, I'm just going to, and this is usually laying in bed, you know, when it's quiet. That's another time when it's difficult. But, you know, I'm okay, I'm going to think of, you ever been there? I'm going to think about good things. I'm good for about 10 seconds. And you know, you just got to keep going. You got to, you know, fight. 
you know, the kingdom of God is taken by violence. <laughs> you got to fight for it. You know, it doesn't always come easy. We rest. We rest in the Lord. Where's a good place? Well, you know, I think it's Psalms 23. You know, Psalms 23, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's a good place. And our, our picture of Psalm 23 is, you know, sheep by a river, green pastures. You know, it's real nice. Well, you know, Psalm 23 has got some other stuff going on, too just in case you wanted to know. But, but it, it's, a, it's a picture of God's presence with us no matter what's happening. It's a picture of rest. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's a place of rest. It's a place of rest in the midst of a table before my enemies. And, you know, I think a lot of times that's the key. Now, I want to get to that place where the Lord can put me in a situation that's stressful and, you know, I feel like all is going wrong and I can go, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's still a place of rest. And you know what? That's inside of me. You know, and that's something that you can have that nobody can take away from you. Nobody can take it away from you. You can have that rest, that place where the Lord's there. And he'll encourage you. He'll encourage you. He'll encourage you no matter what's going on. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what's happening, he wants to encourage you. And you have to then make effort. You know, God always wants to encourage us. But we have to make the effort, the effort to do the right things. You can't get encouraged if you're going to think about the problem. You can't get encouraged if you're going to think about all the negativity things that are going on. You know, if you look to yourself, you're not going to get encouraged. If you think you've got to figure it out, you're not going to get encouraged. Especially when it's things you can't figure out. When you get to those spots... You look to yourself. You got to look to the Lord and seek him and seek his encouragement. So I just pray, you know, maybe you're not, you know, hopefully, hopefully hardly anybody's discouraged this morning. If you were discouraged when you got here, I hope you're encouraged now. If you're all encouraged, I hope you stay that way. But just in case something happens in the future, just remember to encourage yourself. Do the things that are necessary to get the encouragement that you need. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your presence with us. Lord, just help us to encourage ourselves, Lord, that we just take the right steps to seek you and to find the encouragement that we need. Lord, that strength doesn't dwell within us in our own strength. Lord, we don't have that within us. But, Lord, we can make right choices to get your encouragement. So, Lord, we just thank you for that. 
We just pray that you just help us to be encouragers, to encourage ourselves and to encourage others. Lord, we just pray your blessing on each and every one that's here. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here this morning that would like prayer, Lord, um, encourage them to ask. You know, sometimes we we don't ask. We don't we don't come up and, you know, maybe we're afraid to ask somebody else. But, Lord, encourage them to come up and let the prayer team pray with them this morning about anything they might be want encouraged in. So, Lord, we just thank you for that. Lord, we ask you to be with us. Help us throughout this week to be faithful to you. We just pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.